Hello, one to go show listeners. The Blast to the Past is now a separate show and is played weekly on our YouTube page. Head over to the one to go show YouTube page, smash the subscribe button while you're there, and you will also catch Ryan's weekly Power Rankings episode. All right, race fans, Ryan Aho here and the checkerboard. We got a winner here, Bert Lehman. He's all garbed up and checkered flag. We're going to get somebody to grab you by the feet and kind of wave you around like a flag. I Probably I'm not the guy, but I know a few guys that probably could, uh, in, including a couple uh, that were battling for the win over in Plymouth. We'll talk about that. I can see them doing something like that, both of them, right? So episode 181, Bert, brought to you by our friends, of course, at Zuli's Race Engines. Now, not a lot of racing this past week. There was some rain out, some stuff that happened. But Garrett Maserka, young gun up in Bemidji, home of the Chicken Shack, parked his Superstock in Victory Lane, Zuli Race Engine, a thriller in the street stock. The Dirt Race Central Street Stock Tour, Bert, over at Jamestown. Really good finish right there. Casey Usatis, who's having a really good season. Another win for him in the Street Stock Tour. Trey Hess. Quietly having a great season out in North Dakota. I think that might be his third or fourth of the year. He got it done in River Cities. So one thing for sure, Bert, racing season is here. There's a lot of racing happening. And every single week, Zuli race engines, Zuli's race engines are going to be in victory lane. Not only winning races because of the great performance they have, but winning championships because of the durability that comes along with it. If you can't beat them, Join them over at Zuli's Race Engine. So, this week, Bert, on this week's show, a little hot lap session to start things out, right? When actual promoting occurs, Bert, promoting. When actual promoting occurs, good things happen. When it doesn't, they don't. We're going to get into that. We'll touch a little bit more on that in a second. Our top five moments of the week, and we've got some pretty good ones here. News from around the region. Of course, Bert is going to bring some stuff from the eastern side. I got the western side. Some fan feedback. Got a couple pretty good. A little controversy in a couple here, Bert. Our weekly pickums, our bold predictions, which is basically just the uh, Ryan getting his ass kicked segment of the show. That's kind of what that is. Actually, the pickums is too. Ugh. I'm getting smoked, Bert. Not good. Not good. So <laughs> what do you say we jump into some hot laps? And before we do, a little shout out to our boy here, Brad Parson, Brad Parson Egg Solutions. So, I mean, folks, let's face it. We know one thing, the right chemicals applied in the right amounts to the right things equal great results. Well, what does this have to do with racing? Well, <clears throat> Brad Parsons is a racer. He sells some tremendous stuff that can go in your current spray packages on um, brad parson egg solutions 320-219-3542 that is 320-219-3542 so what do the right things do in the spray packages bert they make you more money right if you're a farmer you want to show me the money that's what you want to do get the right stuff get a hold of brad get the information find out how he can help you make more money in 2023 and beyond. So, Bert, <clears throat> little hot lap session. Here's the deal. Promoting. It's it's a big, it's not a complicated deal. It's really not. I get it. It takes time. 
But when done properly, it's unbelievable. Last week, we talked about the Fastlane Superstock Series. Give a lot of love to my buddy, uh, Dennis McCauley there, who is he's been running this series for a number of years now. And we talked about it. We're like, what do you think? You know, we talked about it. Ogilvy at the Mod Nationals, Bert, nine Supers day one, 12 on day two. That's awesome. Thousand to win both nights. I mean, come on, right? Fergus Falls, King of Dirt, thousand to win. Nine Supers each day. That's pitiful. That's pitiful, right? So we're we're concerned because well, Ogilvy Bird. You were concerned. You were really I was a, I was a little concerned. I could have gone at 30. I think I took the over, didn't I? You did. So the question was, <clears throat> are we going to have at least 30 on average? Well, Rice Lake, the opening night, 52 cars. Red Cedar Speedway, night two. Now, keep in mind, Rice Lakes, I believe it was 700 to win. That is, last I checked, less than 1,000. Okay? 300 less and, I don't know, five, six times as many cars. I'm just saying, right? Red Cedar Speedway over in Menominee, third annual Dave Shackleton Memorial. This one I expected more, Bert, because they were advertised to pay 2500 Ended up being three grand because another person bumped up that pay a little bit. 53 cars. The real question for me was Ogilvy. Okay, because, I mean, let's face it, the Mod Nationals, you figured 1,000 to win each night, you'll have some good cars, 9 and 12. So they had 40. But it was 700 to win, right? 1,000 to win each night at the Mod Nationals, they get 9 and 12. 700 to win at the tour race, they get 40. There's only one difference here. It's called promoting. That's it. That's the only difference. Granite City Motor Park had 33. couple different reasons. One, it's on a Sunday. Two, the track has been absolutely awful to start the season, which scared a few people away, right? And at the end of the four-night swing, if you kind of kind of struggle in a little bit, a lot of people, no matter what the series, they fall off a lot of times. They don't hit that fourth night. So as expected, they had less cars, but they still had over 30. Bert, do the math on this. Let's see. That's 178. 178. What does that average out to about? 40, 44, like 44 and a half. I was, right I was told there would be no math involved in. in yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> I lied to you. So over 44 cars per, on average. That's that's a hell of a job. So now let's go. We talked about we talked about the FYE Mod Nationals, 9 and 12. We talked about the King of Dirt at I-94, 9 and 9, okay? The Fastlane Series. Great car class. Now let's look at the Challenge Series, Bert, because Alex, uh, a fan of the show, he, he, men, he messaged me. He's like, isn't the Wasoda Late Model Challenge Series supposed to be the premier series in Wasoda? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, that seems to be where the executive director kind of puts his time the last couple of years. That's his focus. Well, night number one at Wilmer, Bert, 19 cars. Fiesta City, 24. Madison, 26, Watertown, 26. Now, his other question was, this is these tracks, Bert, Watertown's in South Dakota. These other tracks are in western part of Minnesota, kind of not far. I mean, literally, Madison is maybe an hour from Watertown. Montevideo is maybe a titch more, right? KRA's maybe an hour and a half. There was, like, no South Dakota cars. Obviously, obviously a casino there was, and there was a couple more at Madison, 
why not? Where the hell are these drivers, right? Where are, why are there not drivers supporting this? There's multiple reasons. We can get into all the details. We'll talk about that at a later date, but a lot of get you, get you, got you, get you. It costs you a thousand bucks, Bert, to unload your late model to race these shows if you got to travel a bit. It's it's only two grand to win, three grand to win a couple, two grand to win a couple, I think 250 or 300 start. It's just math. But the real reason, the real reason is because Dennis McCauley picks up the phone. He either texts, Facebook messages, calls, stops at your track, and he reaches out to every single super stock driver. And he is basically says this, you know, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't drive. So he doesn't, he doesn't promote to me. Right. But from what I heard from people is look, super stock series is coming up. We would love to have you. Here's a schedule. If you can make it to all the events, that would be awesome. If you could make it to one or two, that would be great. Man, we would love to have you. That's it. That's it. There ain't no science behind it. Ain't the money. It's 700 to win most of these. It's not the money. It's simply picking up the phone and doing your freaking job. And guess what he gets paid for doing this, Bert? Zero. Zero dollars. Okay. Now let's, let's switch over to the challenge series. Let's switch over to that. I don't know what the job description is, but they hired people to run the challenge series. I don't know what's in their job description. I didn't see that paperwork. I don't know what their expectations are, but let's just say this. I talked to several late model drivers, Bert, and exactly zero of the drivers that I talked to got a phone call from anybody that had anything to do with Wissota asking them to come to a Challenge Series event. And they're paying people to run this deal. Person should be fired if that's in his job description. I don't know if it is or not, right? But my goodness, Bert, you, you're telling me that if you're running a series, you can't call the drivers and invite them? Folks, that's called promoting. That's what that is. And it's, I mean, were, were you kind of a little taken back by less than 20 cars on night one of the four-night swing for the Challenge Series? Did that surprise you? I mean, I'm not, I don't know how many late models are in the area of the track that they were racing at. But yeah, I mean, anytime you're under... 20 for what's supposed to be considered a special um, that is concerning. <laughs> well, let's just say this, that Watertown has been known to get 18, 20 cars on a regular night, right? Okay. And uh, there was zero, zero of them at Wilmer. And it's an hour and a half, maybe two hours away. So, I mean, there it's, it's, it's a really sad state. Um, the way I look at it is if they're not going to take the challenge series, and actually promote this deal and do it right, why do it, right? Why do it? Just just get rid of it. It's an embarrassment. Um, the way that they're running this deal, the lack of car phones, the lack of promoting, it's it's unfortunate because there's a lot of really good late model drivers in Wasota. They And quite honestly, the races, some of them were pretty darn good. And some of the drivers that followed it were good. But just looking at this car phone makes my stomach turn. It's just, it's sad is what it is because it just shows you the lack of effort by the people involved and uh maybe the lack of no uh, maybe they, i don't know i've talked about it plenty of times i talked to rod i'm like dude you gotta call people or somebody does and either they're just i don't know not willing to or lazy or scared i, I don't really know what the deal is well, but with that said i want to give a huge tip of the cap to dennis mccauley for the job well done with that super stock series so bert what else you got 
And I mean, I'm not talking specifically about uh, what happened with the challenge series because I'm not exactly sure how they promoted it or what they did to promote it. But I mean, I've talked about this a lot on the show where too many promoters at track series, they think that just throwing a post on Facebook, you know, every day is is promoting and that's not promoting. I, I think too too many people are reliant on social media and they think, well, if it's on social media, everybody knows about it. Well, that's not true because, um, you know, it depends what the algorithm is that, you know, the message gets sent to different, you know, is seen by different people. So um, you can't just rely on social media. You have to, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to go to uh, um, how they did it in the, in the you know, everybody talks about the golden age and, you know, how, how great racing was back in the, you know, sixties and seventies. And, you know, sometimes you have to promote it the way it was promoted back then. I, boy, I tell you what, you couldn't have said that better, man, because the best advice I can give promoters, whether it's a track or series, right? If you're trying to get cars to your racetrack, fans to your racetrack, you need to pretend that social media doesn't even exist. I'm not saying don't put stuff on social media, do that also. But literally, that needs to be the also. Pretend like that doesn't exist. Pick up the phone, call people. I don't care if you got to send flyers, stop by their cars. A little bit of elbow work goes a long ways. Uh, I don't know if you caught, caught, I mean, and we'll be talking about the dream later in the show. I don't know if you caught this discussion because it was during some of the downtime um, at the track, but it, um, I can't remember the two people who are talking about it. There are two two people who promoted and uh, they're talking about how they promoted in the past and how they still promote that way today. And they're talking about, you know, printing off flyers, putting them on the wind, you know, walking through parking lots and putting flyers on windshields of, of, you know, cars in the parking lot and stuff like that. So Chris Steppen, that's what he used to do back in the day, back when I was still racing Quite a while ago, by the way, um, he used to, whether it was him or he had some help, right? He had flyers made up and he would stop and he made sure them flyers went out to every racetrack. And they, I mean, you so they, they, he'd either hand you one, somebody would hand you one to be in your seat, to be in the truck, be in the trailer. It was nonstop flyers. And back then the mod nationals, um, had like 70, 80 modifieds and now they have like 26 or whatever, because that just doesn't happen. And I get it. People are traveling less, but the Superstock series proved it. 50-some Superstocks for 700 to win. That's, that's a big part of it right there. So um, people used to do that. They kind of got away, and I get it. It's hard to find time to do all that stuff, but maybe maybe some of these promoters, right, whether it's series or tracks, maybe they look need to just kind of prioritize their time. Maybe they need to kind of scale back on a couple of things they're doing and put more emphasis into promoting, whether it be the drivers, fans, or both, to get more people involved and more people there, that's what's going to make them more money, getting more people to their facility. And I don't know, I would, I'd love to have that job. I would love to be one of a promoter, but uh, I don't know, somebody will have to sharpen their pencil for me to walk away from old Halver Lines here because pretty good <laughs> company to work for. They're going to have to pay me to pay me to walk away from that i would i would love it it would be a hell of a lot more fun than trucking not that trucking's bad but it would be a, a good time so bert let's jump into uh a little some shout outs here right our top five moments of the week of course brought to you by our friends right here 
Daytona One performance lubricants. Buck knows a little bit about lubricants, right? So much that he's in the NASA Hall of Fame for lubricants. The only person with a lubricant company to be in the NASA Hall of Fame. That's a that's a pretty big deal, right? He's been involved with a lot of different aspects of motorsports. Got a lot of different products out there. One of his main products, Bert, is the tire treatment. They have Aqua that cleans the tires, gets rid of some of that release agent that's in the molds that really you don't need in the tires. It's just part of the process, not part of the material. Gets that out so you have a more consistent tire. But also, right, they have some treatment to fill in those voids. And the purpose behind those, Bert, isn't to soften your tire, right, to give you an advantage on night one. In fact, it's been recommended. You don't always need, you don't necessarily need to put it on a brand new tire. It's to make your tire last two, three, four, five nights, make them last longer, right? And perform at a high level so you can not spend as much money on tires. Um, I actually know some people working with this product right now, Bert, that are winning races this year, 2023, on tires they had in 2022. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I actually have got testimonies from those drivers. Not going to mention them because I don't know that they want to be mentioned because they're a little nervous. <laughs> but let's face it. If somebody running brand new tires, Bert, is scared of somebody running last year's tires, eh, you know, that's that's kind of more of a they problem than a we problem. So I'm just saying, um, great product out there. Um, if you want some information on this stuff, call Chad. Um, his number is 507-828-3536. Again, call Chad, 507-828-3536. 3536. That's Daytona One Performance Lubricants. So, Bert, little buggy action at number five here, Knoxville. Of course, they have their uh, they have their show here during the middle of the year. Of course, the, the big one coming up here in a month or two. But night number two, well, you see some nasty ones in sprint cars, Bert, but uh, this one was probably one of the worst of the year. Carson Macedo took an absolute wild ride at the big half mile and uh when he landed it went up into a ball of flames and it was quite the scary scene when that happened uh fortunately Macedo uh, got out of the car he, he did spend the night in the hospital got out of the hospital but man oh man did you happen to see that highlight Bert I did not see that. I was gonna watch that right before we started recording and I forgot because I just got back from a meeting I I'm gonna watch it though after the show all right, race fans, keep track. Okay, that's one. That's one donkey award for Bert. I, I probably right. <laughs> have a few donkey awards. And it was a busy weekend. My that's daughter. Right. Had, we still, my, we still my, lie. I got to give you. I got to give you some. My granddaughter had her sixth birthday party, so I was nice. I was nice. I was there. <laughs> you better have bought her. A, I mean, if she's six, you get her a go kart then on close trailer stacker. Um, no, she, she wants. She wanted a dollhouse, so I got her a dollhouse that's like three feet tall. Bert, Bert, she she don't know what she wants. She's six. She wants race car. She wants a go kart, a stacker. You can put the dollhouse in there while you're getting the go kart ready for her. I mean, if you love her, um, you can put the dollhouse in there. She can play with dolls while you're getting the go kart ready, so she can go race. I'm just saying, just a suggestion, just a suggestion. All right, number four, Bert. We're going to talk a little with Soda Superstock action, the big one this past weekend, the third annual Dave Shackleton Memorial at the Red Cedar Speedway. Dave Shackleton, very accomplished racer, tragically lost his life here uh, a few years back. Some, I think, health complications. 
but he was really good. He won at Menominee, Cedar Lake, Rice Lake. He was kind of the man for a while, Mopar guy. Jesse Radetzky, his home track's been the Red Cedar Speedway. He's been itching to get this one done. My boy Kevin Burdick took one from him here a couple years ago. Radetzky would not be denied this time, Bert. He traded spots there, him and Terrence Pasek, playing a little bit of uh, aggressive race car driving, but it was fun. It was a little character on the track. Tip of the cap here, Jesse Radetzky, $3,000 richer after winning, um, which would have been night two of the Northland Superstock Series as well. Um, good race. You can catch that, by the way, on Dirt Race Central, official streaming platform of the One to Go Show and the Wasota Auto Racing. So, Bert, we got another one here. The race of the week. <clears throat> I know you didn't watch this because it wasn't oh, the I dream. Think. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Clayton Wagaman. He's a I, I'm he's sure it was better watch. than the dream, but we'll get into that later. It was too. much better than the dream. I promise you. The big O has been pretty darn good this year. I mean, it always is, but there's been some. I mean, the Challenge Series night, I was skeptical. I'm like, I think it's going to lock down. It was, it was great racing. This one here, amazing race. So, Clayton Wagaman won an absolute thriller at the Big O. Um, Landon Atkinson, great race car driver, a modified guy. He's leading it to get into lap traffic. Here comes Jody Belfi. Atkinson kind of pinches low to go underneath the lap car, gets hung up. Belfi takes the lead, right? Belfi then gets hung up behind a lapper, and both Atkinson and Clayton Wagaman go by. I think Atkinson got under him, and Wagaman went carving by on the high side. Wagaman with a big win at Ogilvy. Super fun to watch over there this past Saturday night. Again, Dirt Race Central has that coverage. Bert, a little late model action here. Okay. I know you know what happened. So this guy's yeah. been red hot. Red number one, double one express. Career late model wins 300 and 301. Pat Doerr won. Night number one of this week's swing of the Challenge Series at the KRA Speedway in Wilmer. The Hermantown Hammer, Daryl Nelson, he got underneath them multiple times. Mul racing with a heavy heart because his wife uh, got to have some surgery, multiple surgeries. Um, thoughts and prayers, of course, to Missy um, because she got the really mangled. I don't know all the details how it happened, but it was a pretty severe deal. So hopefully she heals up soon. Daryl, not quite good enough to get by door, though. Door getting it done at Wilmer. They go to Fiesta City Speedway the next night, and uh, Door jumps out to the lead, right? It's like, okay, 40-lap feature, which too many laps. You don't need 40 laps for 2,000 or 3,000 to win. That's unnecessary. Pat Door went to sleep. Birdie took a nap middle of the race. Like, I think, waving to the crowd. Like, <laughs> I don't wait, you know, right? Here comes Diamond Dave Moss driving around him like his shit was broke. And I'm like, Oh my God, I thought it was locked down, right? And here comes Moss, just drove by him. I'm like, oh boy. <clears throat> Door literally, like, it sparked him right away. Like, Door was all over him from that point forward, going, uh, you could tell. Like, you could literally tell that he just kind of went into coast mode and he was surprised. He was by far faster, pressured Moss. Moss shoved his nose. Door got the win. One, that made it three in a row for the challenge series for Pat Door. Congratulations to one of the best ever to ever strap into a Wasota late model. 300 and 301 wins in the late model for Pat Thor. And at number one, it's got to be pretty good to outdo that, right? It's got to be pretty good to outdo that. 
Bert, this guy's been in a slump in the mods, right? Two-time defending with Soda Modified National Champion, just kind of looking at looking like a guy, you know, looking okay, right? In the modified, just not not really on it. Tyler Peterson, Bert, didn't win one feature this weekend. He didn't win two features this weekend. Tyler Peterson won three features this weekend in the late month. Unbelievable. Night number one, he won in Lisbon on Thursday. I looked at it. I'm like, six cars, who gives a crap, right? I mean, congrats. All right, six cars. Good job. Okay. Well, he comes. He did not go to the Challenge Series Thursday. He did not go Friday. All of a sudden, TPO shows up to Madison on Saturday. He drove by Pat Doerr and Josh Simple. He started on the pole. So if you look at the box scores, it's like, oh, he started on the pole and won. Oh, I didn't what happened. He started on the pole. He fell back to third. Drove by Josh Zimple, drove by Pat Doerr, and parked the one TPO in victory lane for his first career Challenge Series win. What did he do the next night? He went to the Casino Speedway. Bert, I mentioned on uh, the on the recap shows here on the power rankings that I don't think he owns a Casino Speedway anymore. Joe Thomas been whooping his ass in the modified. He's three for three, right? I'm like, maybe TPO just don't have it anymore at Watertown. Well kind of give him an ass whooping in the late model. So I think maybe I was wrong on that one. He smoked him. Track had some character, a little cowboy up, right? And he flat out put it in kill and drove away from everybody. So, man, time to park the mod? I don't know. Just saying, right? I mean, he's been he's got more wins in the late model than the modified this year. He's been really, really good in that. Really smooth. Looks right at home. Congratulations, Tyler Peterson. So, Bert little news from around the area. Let's start, uh, before we do that, actually, you know what, let's give you a little, let's, let's, I'll do that. I'll give a little shout out to the sponsor after some Eastern Wisconsin. I know Sean will rain out, um, but there Sean was, rain. Uh, there Sean was rained out. Well, I mean, we, we needed the rain. So there probably weren't a lot of people complaining. And Sean got two and a half inches of rain on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> A half mile with um, a lot of rain, Bert, probably would not be good. All right. That would not um, be it, good. It just poured. But uh yeah, Shano got rained out. 141 Speedway got rained out on Saturday. Um Plymouth did get most of their show in. They got all of the late model feature in except for the last five laps, and then it started race started raining. Uh but actually uh, um it was the super their super six series for the late models because they're Late models only racing at Plymouth six times this year, and this was their third time. And um, and it was it was a very entertaining feature. Uh, you had uh, Mitch McGrath and uh, Terry. K I believe they both started on the front row, and uh, you know two drivers who aren't afraid to uh, um, swap paint and you know get in. You know Robin's racing and. Um, Casey pulled out to the early lead and, you know, he pulled out to a pretty good lead, but then there's traffic that there's a lot of heavy traffic they had to go through. And it was when they got to the traffic, when they were kind of bouncing off of each other and uh, eventually McGrath got by Casey and uh, took the lead, for, I think like two laps before the rain came. <laughs> yeah. It, I tell you what, it was exciting, right? It, it was probably the best late model race of the week. Um, again, that's on Dirt Race Central as well. But Terry Casey, I, I used to call him Pinball Wizard, right? Rolling Pinball. I love watching him race. Not sure I wanted to race against him. I didn't ever had a problem with him. I didn't race against him much. 
But I remember that time at East Bay where he just absolutely like bamboozled Josh Richards. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not afraid of contact, right? And Mitch McGrath, wasn't it McGrath here a couple of years ago that had kind of the monster truck race where he's just yeah. driving over everybody? So those two are that, that's per, worth the price of admission all by itself. Them guys on a short track, pretty pretty exciting race over there. Congrats to McGrath. What what else is going on over in eastern Wisconsin? What else? Happened? Oh well, I should make a mention. Uh Paul Zarneski, uh, I believe he just graduated from high school, uh, but the last couple of years he's been racing an IMCA, modif- IMCA stock car and an IMCA sport mod. Uh, he was actually on one of the covers of Full Throttle magazine last year. I did a story about him, and uh, he's a rookie in the modified di- division this year, and he debuted a 2023 lethal chassis this weekend. Um, won the feature modified feature at, uh, out of game or at, yeah, out of gaming speedway in Seymour. And then he won the modified feature at, uh, the Berg in Luxembourg on Sunday night. So, uh, uh, two feature wins in the weekend debut of their 2023 lethal chassis. Uh, um, you know, I was looking at some of the Facebook posts of him and his dad. So they're hoping this momentum carries into the clash at the Creek, which is, this week and we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show absolutely so let's get over to wasota side before we do little shout out one of our sponsors impact health sharing um if you're self-employed if you have employees that you cover their health care if you are an employee and you got to pay for your own health care heck if you got to pay for health insurance and if you feel like you're paying too much right or if you feel like you don't like your coverage or you're in a network you don't like shoot me a message uh, or a text or a call, 218-969-1380. I have a product called Impact Health Sharing. And what does that product allow people to do? They can go to any doctor. There's no network. You can go any doctor that you want, any provider. Number two, you're looking at around $600 a month for a family, roughly around that, with a $2,500 family deductible. Um pretty cool deal right there so the pricing is great been able to help people save thousands of dollars annually on their health care and i've had a lot of good reviews on it so shoot me a text shoot me a call i'll get you some information you can check it out open enrollment not too far down the road here so in the late models we talked about it right door door tpo tpo right that was at the challenge series door an eight point lead over nelson canta okay bert listen to this Cowboy up at Watertown. It was rough, right? It was choppy. It was rough. One of those deals, right, where you get racers. They kind of had a little bit of everything over there in South Dakota as of late, right? Tracks locking down rubber up, literally melting tires off. And then all of a sudden, it's cowboy up. It's choppy. Had some character, right? And they complain about that, too. We're racers. That's what we do, right? I, I get it. That's, I was one of them. I bitched and complained as much as anybody. So I get it, right? But the track was choppy, quarter mile, bull ring, character. The last guy that I would expect to put on the show is the old sheriff himself, John Canta. 60-plus years young, elbows up, but he got second. He drove by old Chad Becker, who's tough to pass there at Watertown. Canta with a runner-up at Casino. I Hats off to the old codger right there. One of my favorites, right? I love watching Canta. He still got it, man. It was fun to watch. Did not expect him to be the guy kind of charging the holes, but super fun to watch. Kevin Burdick, pair of wins for him this week in the Dirty 30. 
struggle Boston Hibbing, but he was absolutely in full kill mode and superior. Um, another guy started front row inside at the Red Cedar Speedway Friday night. Steve Larson back behind the wheel, Bert, in the one ride. Uh, I don't think he finished. I don't remember what happened, but Chad Mater got it done. Ashley Anderson looked like he was going to get second, got flat out yard sailed on the last lap by a lapper, so that wasn't a real good deal. But uh, pretty cool to see Steve Larson behind the wheels. I called him uh, at Labor Day. I was announcing up there. I said, the ageless wonder, Steve Larson. He's like, you come here, you little son of a <laughs> like, he's like, I'll show you the ageless one, right? But uh, I, I like him. He's always been feisty, one of my favorites to watch as well. Modified division, Cedar Lake, little testing tune. Masters coming up this weekend, Bert. A.J. Demel parking in Victory Lane, holding off Dan Ebert in the 60. There's two drivers right there that you can pretty much count on. They're going to be in contention um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the Cedar Lake Speedway. Tyler Kittner, who's been absolutely on a rail in the Midwest Mod the last few years, put it to him and Hibbingbert straight away at him up there. Started a row ahead of both Brokings, who got multiple wins. Johnny Broking was coming off four straight wins, and Tyler Kittner said, no, no, not today, and he absolutely gave him a whooping. Um, Got to give a donkey award. I'm going to get in trouble for this, Bert, because I gave a donkey award to Mike Belfi a couple weeks ago, and I think he's still mad at me. I still love the guy. I got to give you shit, man. It just is what it is. You do dumb stuff like don't go to tech, going to call you out, right? That don't mean I don't love you, right? Jody Belfi, now you're getting one. Donkey award to Jody Belfi and to Jeffrey Wood. Bert, Bert, is it? I think it's kind of bullyish to pick on 16-year-old girls. I don't know. What do you think, right? <laughs> I, I'm just saying, right? Kennedy Swan was putting it to him. She had nearly half a straightaway lead at Proctor Sunday night with uh, just two to go, right? Jeffrey Wood has to go and spin out. What are you doing, guy? What are you, what are you doing? Why, why are you spinning out? Two to go, first of all, okay? On the restart, Jody Belfi is in second. Got to be a dick. Pastor took the win from eighth. Great run, beating up on a 16-year-old girl. He didn't hit her or nothing. He drove by her. But i got to be honest, I wanted to see Kennedy Swan win. I think everybody else did. Jody Belfi got it done. Jody, I'm kidding. Okay, not really a donkey award. We're just giving you some shit. But I'm telling you, Bert, I was super skeptical when, when Kennedy Swan said they were making the switch over to Amod. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, A, too young, right? She's not very big. I'm like, this is probably, she should get another year in the B-Mod. Bert, she is fast. She is legit fast. She is legit going to win some races this year. Uh, I'm highly impressed, right? 16-year-olds, I don't care if it's boy, girl, or whatever, right? 16-year-olds don't typically have that kind of car control. Bert, she's a race car driver. Like, that, she is, she is worth watching, I'm telling you. Um, I, I think she's going to win multiple features here in 2023. Jody had to take one away from her. I'm just saying, I'm not real impressed, but you know, it is what it is. Okay. Super stocks. Okay. Dylan Nelson made the transition this year, Bert, from the affordable that he won the fast lane series with last year to a dirt dueler. First few nights of the year, struggle boss. He was not looking good. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be a tough deal. Then he rattled off six straight podiums. Guess what? Four nights into the series, he's leading it again. That Dirt Dueler 25 leading the way after four nights. 
in the fast lane series. Shane Sabraski at Rice Lake, Jesse Radetzky at Red Cedar, um, Dexton Cook at Ogilvy, Granite City. That one went to the 2Z of Dennis Zek. Now, Shane Sabraski, oh, what are you doing? Right? You're, NASCAR caliber, championship caliber team here, Bert. Two nights in a row, DNF, self-inflicted wounds. Now, the first one, I've heard this. I have not. I tried calling them today. I tried calling them to find out if this actually happened. Word on the street, Bert, is they changed gears and forgot to tighten the drain plug. Hey, Jeff, ring a bell. Jeff, right? Old Jeffy. Jeffy had to get me McDonald's. He, he knew how to he knew how to make up for it. He did that to me at Superior. Um, he made one lap. Um, Sabraski did at Red Cedar, and and uh, the gears went. And and the word on the street is the drain plug fell out. The next night, he's leading, gone. Pretty much had him killed at Ogilvy. It was his to lose, right? And car wouldn't turn. Smoke coming out of the right front. Like what the hell's going on? I thought maybe it was a brake locking up. Instead of body bracing strap, right? Bert, I saw the picture, right? The I saw the picture. Out. I saw the picture too. The bolt came out. There was <laughs> holes still there. They didn't break the straps were there. The bolt came out. That's called lack of maintenance. I'm just saying that he's struggling in the super. He kind of had an off week here. It don't happen often. Get it together. Not hot. That's a total not hot deal right there for Shane Sabraski. Drivers probably don't want me to put them on the not-hot list officially. They probably don't want that. But, <laughs> but uh, Sabraski, it's not something I'm telling you. Like, I love Shane. He's, he's one of the best. I mean, he's got a lot of wins for a reason. You don't see this kind of stuff out of the 7-8 camper. That's just something. You don't see them falling out of races for self-inflicted wounds. That is not a thing. I don't know if there's a lack of focus. I don't know what's going on in that camp, but. Uh, we're already into June, Bert. It's time to maybe be a little concerned about what's going on. Now, he's still going to win a bunch of races, but come down to the end, right? You got Trevor Nelson winning. You got Dexton Cook winning a couple of them this weekend. I'm telling you right now, you start letting some of these races slip away like this that you absolutely should be winning. It could cost them at the end of the year, right? Because he had it won in Ogilvy. I do not think Dexton Cook was going to win that race. It was over. Not only does he lose, but he gives a win to Dexton. That's a bad deal right there. So, and I got to give a shout out to my buddy, Tristan LaBarge, six in a row in the Super Sox fast lane series coming to one of his home tracks. He's undefeated in 2023 at Rapids. Can he make it seven? I don't know. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Midwest Mogbert, some first time winners. First time winners are always cool. McLean Andrews from Superior went up to Hibbing, put it to him. Tony Smith over at the Cheyenne Speedway in Lisbon and Aaron Michael over in Jamestown. Three first-time winners. And in the street stocks, three wins for Brower this weekend. Not Braden Brower, Colton Brower, his kid brother. Three straight wins for him, kind of putting the two old Braden. Um, the Wolverine, Justin Vogel, I talk a lot about him, struggle bus, kind of having an off couple weeks. So that's what we got. If you want a little bit more details on what's going on in the local was soda scene and such. Uh, make sure to tune in later on this week to our power ranking shows for each of the classes. We have a few more shout outs on there and we'll break down who the top 10 are in each class. So Bert, let's jump over to a little fan feedback. 
brought to you by our friends over at buyracerch.com. If you need hats, hoodies, shirts, apparel, banners, you name it, go to somebody that's a racer. For racers, buy racers. They have a lot of different pricing options in there. You can get different quantities. You can get fancy stuff, more basic stuff. They got they got it all. Just go ahead and go to buyracers.com and check out what Jordan Tollickson and the crew have to offer. So, Bert, got a text message from uh, from Brian. Actually, it was a Facebook message from Brian. And uh, talking about teching, okay? We got a couple different topics here to talk about teching. I mean, first of all, let's start with the late models. I mean, Jake Radetzky. Come on, guy. I, I gave Mike Belfi a, te- a donkey award for not going to Tech. Uh, Challenge Series race, fifth place finish. He didn't go to Tech. That's got to be a donkey award to old Jake, too. I mean, you can't have a teching issue, I guess, if you don't go to Tech, right? There, There is that. So, oh, what are we doing? Then he had a really rough night. We'll talk about him more in a minute. But having Raceway a couple weeks back, my home track for my whole racing career, Hornet division, right? I mean, Bert, it's a Hornets. It's all, why, why do they got to get picked on the most? First of all, right? I mean, what, what are we talking about here, right? You paid a hundred freaking dollars to win. Let's relax a little bit. Well, the guy goes through tech, okay? And get there's a rule in the Hornet division where you have to have a chain, uh, a tow chain on your car, right? Now, according to the rule book, you just have to have it under the, where it doesn't say where, it just says you have to have it. Well, this guy goes through tech, and the tech guy is like, got to have a tow chain on the front of your car. Oh, you don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't. And he starts arguing, okay? First of all, well, we'll get we'll get back to that. So then that driver proceeds to come back down to the tech guy with the Wasota rule book in hand. And he says, look, here's the rule. I do not need to have it visible on the front of the car. The guy says, I don't care. The tech guy says, I don't care what the rule book says. I'm paraphrasing. I wasn't there. He goes, I don't care what the rule book says. This is my track. I make the rules. I can I can make whatever rule I want to make. Since when? Well, what are we talking about here? It's a Wasota sanctioned class. There's Wasota rules. This is absolutely stupid, right? So he then, then that guy's pissed. He's basically F-bombing them, right? He's like, if you don't get back to your trailer, I'm just going to disqualify you, and there's f-bombs and you name it so then he proceeds to drive down to the car and he says you know what you're just disqualified you're you're done you're disqualified well then there's all kinds of so i mean it's like okay first of all tech guys i don't care who the hell you think you are right there are rules in the rule book it's not up to you to interpret them it's like black and white right if you want to make your own rule you submit that to a soda have it voted on for 2024 you don't get to make freaking rules. Okay, that, that's not your job. Your job is to enforce the rules that are there. They had an issue with the same tech guy, Bert, a couple of years ago, disqualified a guy from winning the Labor Day shootout because he says the exhaust has to be visible from the back on a Hornet. Oh, well, I've seen a picture of this car. The, he sent me a picture. He goes, there, you can see it. It's visible from the back. The tech guy says, no, I need to be able to look straight down and be able to see it. Bert. I know you're not a racer. I know that you're not a mechanic, right? But is it common sense to not have the exhaust out past the rear bumper? That's kind well, of common sense, right? Common sense, and that that would be a safety issue also. I would have to think, right? <laughs> so they they disqualify that guy, which was a bunch of bullshit, right? And, and this guy's back at it again. So 
Donkey Award to the tech guy in Hibbing for A, not knowing what the rules are. <clears throat> Got to give a Donkey Award to the driver, too, because, dude, it's a freaking chain on your bumper. All right? Like, who gives a shit? Right? I mean, if the tech guy is going to throw a fit about it and be an idiot, guess what? It's a chain. Unbolted. Drill a couple holes in the bumper. Call it a day. It ain't going to slow you down. Nobody cares. They're and he admitted, he's like, I had no reason. I, I went way off the deep end. So they have a meeting after this, Bert. And, and they get together. It's it's the track president in Hibbing. It's a tech guy in Hibbing. And I think I think he was, yeah, Billy Engelstead was there. He's he's from Hibbing, though was sort of tech. And he pleads his case. And he said, so what's the deal? It says right here in the rule. And the Wasota tech, um, Wasota head of teching said, well, that tech guy has the latitude to make whatever rule and, and, and kind of adjust whatever rule he wants. Please fire this guy. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, anybody with a brain knows that that's not how things work or they shouldn't work. And he got pissed off and he walked away, said, end of discussion, and you're disqualified. The tech guy looks at him and says, if you apologize right now, I'm just going to DQ you for the night. If not, it's going to be two weeks from Wasota and a $500 fine. And he says, you know what? I will apologize. I will. I was out of hand. I did not handle myself well. But you're going to apologize for not understanding and knowing what the rules were. And you're going to admit right now that you didn't know the rules. The tech guy goes, screw it, whatever. Suspend them, fine them. He, he would not even own the fact that he didn't even know what the rules were. You know what that driver did? Sold his car the next day. Said, screw it, I'm done. I'm no longer racing. Right there, golf clap to the Hibbing Raceway for killing the culture of dirt track racing. That is pure stupidity. Unbelievable that they pull that shit, and it just absolutely grinds my gears, okay? Did you see the text message that came, we got today? Group text from the Bemidji Speedway. Um, did you see that? Uh, which one? Dustin Strand. So, another teching deal. Dustin, so... <clears throat> Last night, Bemidji Speedway, Dustin Strand gets second in the modified division. Comes across Tech, quarter-inch high on deck height, disqualified is what it is. Rules a rule. Can't debate it. Can't did it. And we already know in, in the arguments out there, well, a quarter-inch didn't mean nothing. Well, that's true. I agree. But a rule's a rule. And you know, <laughs> you got I'm I'm good with it being consistent. But here's where According to um, Dustin Strand Racing page, the tech guy, right, for, um, approached his sister earlier in the night and said, is that 71 car legal? Because if it's not, we're sure going to find something wrong with it if, it's, if, they, if it ain't right. Kind of fishy, right? A little bit that you kind of call him out specifically to a family member and then all of a sudden catch him at the end of the race. I'm, not, I'm just saying. So that's poor. That's that's. You can't be doing that. Donkey awarded Tim Carlson. Um, he's a tech guy over there, former Wasota board member. <laughs> Weird, right? So, well, shocker. According to the the previous case, according to that to the guy that said that the the inspectors have latitude, they could have just let that quarter inch go <laughs> because he's got latitude to do whatever he wants. <laughs> you know, and and there's tracks this year, right? I've given Superior Speedway a lot of shit. They're tech guy over there, but you know, I mean. Uh, whatever he taxed at least right and the fact of the matter is Bert I, there's a lot of speculation and I've gotten messages from a lot of different racetracks this year 
on people being an inch high on deck height, right? Winning big races. Oh no, we're going to go ahead and let them go. Rev chip deals, right? Let, you know, not working. We're just going to let them go. I don't, this teching deal is a disaster. I mean, it's, I mean, some tracks, they tech who they want to tech, some enforce it who they want to enforce it on. I mean, it's, 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 we're almost better off just going like UMP and just not having rules. You got an engine. Yeah, you're good. Right. Because (laughs) they, I mean, the teching deal, I mean, it's not an easy job. All people are asking for is that you treat everybody the same. You do everything consistently across the board. And for God's sakes, don't go up and start running your mouth to a, a driver's family member before the races that you're going to get him. I mean, lucky to get his teeth knocked out, right? I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, uh, you know, as far as teching, I mean, there's a rule book. There's a reason there's a rule book. I mean, that's what everybody is supposed to use to build their cars and build their engines and, and that sort of thing. So if you're, if you're not going to follow, if inspectors aren't going to text, if, you know, inspectors aren't going to follow the rule book, how does a driver know what, what to do? I mean, that, to me, it, it, I mean, it, it's most rules should be black and white. I mean, Grant, some stuff is, always going to be in a gray area certain things but 95 to 99 percent should be black and white for sure for sure and just treat everybody the same right i mean ticky tack shit is dumb and drivers do your job too right don't be getting yourself disqualified over stupid shit and when you have something that like they don't like if it don't matter right if it's not a big deal just just I learned the hard way, right? Me and, me and Jeff Provenzino were talking about this. Probably two of the most vocal drivers in the Northland. Like, we, we definitely were not afraid to kind of say what was on our mind. And it bit us in the ass, right? The tech guy was always after us. The corner guys would always give us the wrong call because we voiced our opinion too much. Just shut up and race. I mean, it's going to make your life easier. If you have an issue, let me know because I'm not afraid to talk about it on the show. They can't do nothing to me, you know, but. You know, I'll call him out if it needs calling out, but I mean, got to have a little common sense here too. So one last one here, Bert, fan feedback from a disgruntled promoter. Okay. So promoter said, you know, a lot, we own a, this promoter said, we own a racetrack. Okay. We own a racetrack, but by no means are we billionaires, right? We do this. This is part of this. One of the businesses that we run, we need to actually make enough money to kind of keep this deal going right now. Board run tracks are the same way, kind of, right? Because they don't have to fork their own money into it, but they ain't making any money either. So they, they're just kind of devoting some time to running a track. On the flip side, there's tracks owned by millionaires. And that's great, too. You got to have all of them. But this person said, quit uh, comparing our tracks to tracks owned by millionaires, right? Whether it's special events or the facility or whatever, because... It's like some some places are just trying to keep racing going, and some places are like, "Hey, we want to be the show, right?" And I'll I'll use Cliff Sasker up in Brainerd. Cliff, multimillionaire, right? Very successful guy. Well, he's been able to put on over over his span of owning a racetrack many big paying events, right? Really good paying stuff. And tracks in the area are like, "Well, freaking Brainerd pays good. Why can't you pay good?" Because he can lose $200,000 a year, and it's a tax write-off, right? 
you know, if the Hibbing Raceway or Proctor Speedway or Track BCD owned by kind of a somebody that's not a millionaire, if they lose 20 grand in a race, 30 grand in the race, they might not open next week. There's a difference. So, you know, you, there's, it's hard to compare, you know, and I get it. People are always doing it. They're like comparing Fairbury. I, I love Fairbury, the culture there. But guess what? That guy's paid to run a racetrack. That's all he does for a job. It better be freaking good, right? They better have good car counts because that's all he does. Ogilvy is the only track I know of that has a paid promoter. And guess what? They have a typically have a good car count, good racing surface. They got a lot of sponsors. They do a lot of cool stuff at Ogilvy. Yeah, they should because that's his job. Most racetracks, Bert, and I'm critical of tracks just like anybody else, right? But most racetracks are run by somebody that's got a billion other things going on, and they also run a racetrack. And we're going, well, why can't they do this and this? Because there's only so much time and there's nobody to help. If you own a business, you know that you can't find employees and racetracks can't pay employees like businesses can because there's not enough money there to go around. So simmer down a little bit, take things into perspective. I, th I thought that was some good feedback from that particular person. So, Bert, <laughs> what do you say we talk a little bit about last week's picks uh, sure. the or the events? <laughs> right. Uh, there was there was a there was a little race down there in Ohio um, that we'll talk about first. Right. The 29th running of the dirt late model dream. Quick little uh, recap. Um, 95, 96 cars. They had 95 day one, 96 day two. It's kind of weird. I don't know who showed up. Maybe you do. Um, but they run split features the first two nights. They, then they line everything up. Um, feature wins on the prelims went to um, T-Mac and RTJ night one. Marlar and Huddy on night number two, T-Mac from, from eighth to first in feature number one. That was pretty impressive. RTJ from the pole in feature two, but Marlar, telling you, he looked pretty darn good, right? 12th to third, and then he won the prelim. So that's enough on the prelims. The A main, and then we'll look, I know you got a lot to say about this one. Superman is back. Money's on the line. Superman well, wins. Well, before we get to the, well, I mean, we can, for the prelims, we got to talk about the rice and uh, Ziegler. yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get, oh, we'll okay. get in. just okay. give it a quick right. little, okay. yeah. So, Mike and Bert had JD, okay, so yeah, you both got two points for that one. So, let's 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 roll it back now. We can go to the prelims. So, yeah, where do you want to start there? Well, there, yeah, there's, there's some, there's, there's a few different things to talk about. Um, yep. I mean, I mean, actually, let, let's start with somewhat local. Um, even before he made the pass to get into the the big show, I I was planning on talking about Dustin Sorensen, and I thought he had a good good few days of racing down there. Even if he wouldn't have made the big show, I think he he had some some good racing the first two nights. He did, and it was a spectacular pass, right? I mean, yes. he was elbows <laughs> up, carving the high side. I mean, literally carrying the, the nutsack in a hefty bag and drove by Fergie and there was contact and mayhem happened and he got in the show. Before we move on, since you wanted to start there, I got a little trivia for Burt Lang. Okay. So Dustin Sorensen, Minnesota driver in the A-Main in 2023 at the 29th running of the Dirt Late Model Dream. How many other Minnesota drivers have made main events at the Dream. 
I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you four numbers and you pick the number, okay? Two, three, four, five. And this is in addition to Sorensen. So two more, three more, four more, or five more drivers that have made the A main. I'm just going to go with two. Three it is. <laughs> Three it is. Okay. In 2018, the B1 bomber, Brent Larson. Oh. 22nd <laughs> finish. Can you name the other two drivers? Okay, so this is the 29th run, and it would have been in the 90s. Uh, I'll say Willie Kraft. Willie Kraft, 1997. He had the best finish of all of them, a 10th place finish in 1997. Are you impressed by that? I by my uh, guess? There you go. There you go. A little uh, cheers <laughs> to Bert Lehman there. Old Lehman. Bert, this next guy made the A main twice. Um, I'll give you another clue. He made the A main in 1996 and again in the year 2000. I don't know. In 1996, he finished 15th with his traditional number. In 2000, he finished 11th in the 71M. Lou Fagers racing house car. I don't know. Lance Matthews. I was going to say him too. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> the, the shirt you're wearing right there makes me think of the 90 that had the checkerboard down the side. I'm like, he's kind of dressed like a Lance Matthews guy, right? So, so Matthews, Kraft, so and uh, Brent Larson made it in. Dustin Sorensen making history as the fourth ever Minnesota driver to actually make a feature at the dirt late model dream didn't go well 26th place uh i don't think he finished or whatever but um but he made it in you know 96 yeah. stars well, he made the show and the announcers made a big deal about this was uh this was the first time that he had ever seen eldora speedway in person <laughs> um you know he said they said that uh they told him that he He's watched videos of races there, but he's actually never been to Eldora Speedway until he pulled in on, uh, you know, this week to race in the dream. Nice, nice. He's a hell of a wheel, man. Of course, he won the USMTS points last year, so he, he knows how to get around the race car. Good to see a little uh, a little shining moment with that MB28. So uh, what else you got here, Bert? What else happened to the prelims? Uh, well, we have to talk about... Uh... Uh, Josh Rice and uh, Mason Ziegler, um, they, uh, that was in a feature, one of the prelim features, and, um, uh, you know, Rice was running the top, well, I mean, I watched it, and, you know, they show the on-track, uh, but today, for the first time, I saw an aerial view of the and that gives you a whole different perspective of actually what went on between those two because it starts off with I mean Rice Rice went into corner one and he was at the bottom of the track and drifted all the way to the wall, bounced off the wall, and then basically stayed on the wall the entire time. I mean they they joked about it that you know he was do he was in video game mode. He was doing the Ross Chastain where um 
you know, if the wall wasn't there, he was going to be in the back 40 somewhere because <laughs> he wasn't going to be staying on the track. Um, and then they crossed the line and uh, um, Mason Ziegler got into him as they crossed the finish line. And then a little bit later, um, and I said this in a text in a group text, I, I think Rice just was determined to just go in there and try to get the lead. I don't think he, you know, intentionally took out Ziegler, but he was just going to drive it in as hard as he could and whatever happened, happened. And he, he got into the side of him and spun him around and uh, Ziegler wasn't happy. Ziegler's crew chief wasn't happy Threw a Gatorade bottle at him after the race. And I don't think anybody was happy because he got his spot <laughs> back on that deal. And then he had yeah. stuff in the right rear and then he literally wadded up the entire field on the restart. So it was like, Josh Rice, uh, go back out there and hit the pace car. The pace car, well, you hit every other goddamn thing out there. You might as well be perfect. And he, he was, I mean, he's fun to watch, but that's why. He's, something crazy is going to happen when he's on the track. And unfortunately, well, it isn't. Well, then, you know, you know, you accumulate points every time you're out on the track. They keep making that point. And so with the invert, he winds up starting on the pole in his heat race on Saturday night. And so did Ziegler. They both actually started on the pole in, in their heat races. But um, I mean, there were so many cars that, that the right rear quarter was just all mangled up because cars were just bouncing off the walls off like crazy. Right. Right. Um, anything else from the prelim nights? No, not from, not from the prelim nights. So Superman wins, right? And uh, a near repeat of the Dirt Billion, Superman and then Madden. Pierce got third. I think the best car on the track, maybe. Madden was probably a little bit better, but RTJ looked really good, but he just started too deep, 10th to 4th, and it was locked down when he got there. Mm -hmm. Ziggy, who's been – Ziggy's been pretty good, right, over yep. the last month, and he got a fifth-place finish. Um, so – in on the front straightaway, Bert, um, they did an car introduction. And before, as the car drivers got back in their cars, little, oh, yeah, little right. something different here this week, right? They they basically said, uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a receiver headset? I, I know I'm assuming they looked at their helmets. I don't really know. But uh, they, they basically get it, gave everybody new uh, one-way radio devices. And then they checked their wrists to make sure they didn't have Apple watches on. Kind of an interesting deal. Kind of worried about, you know, they talk about sticks, stick signals. It's become evident that there's drivers out there that are using the, the receiver in one ear and then having another listening device in the other ear where they can be communicating maybe by a cell phone or whatever with their crew guy giving them signals over the phone. They were privy to that, and it sounds like they uh, tried to nip that in the butt. Now, the question is, do you think maybe they should have worried a little bit more about track prep and a little bit less about that? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, the track locked down. Um, it was, uh, I mean, the first 30 laps were great. I they mean, were. The top, the top five were, I mean, you could have thrown a blanket over the top five. I mean, that's how close the top five were racing with each other. But then after about 30 laps, then it locked down and, um, you couldn't venture off of the bottom. I mean, um, you know, they talked to Davenport afterwards and, you know, he said when he got in traffic, he would, uh, 
and he was intentionally not going full speed because he didn't want to get too close and mess up right. the arrow on his car. So, you know, super it was, smart. That is yeah. super smart. That's next level <laughs> stuff right there. Slowing up the, so, you know, the lot traffic. That, that's smart. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you know, if somebody was going to pass them, they're going to have to get out of the rubber and they just weren't going to do that. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that, um, that, it, that, that happened. I mean, I've been to Eldora when it's locked down like that. I've been to Eldora when it's been great. When, you know, there, there's been, they've been three wide with 10 laps to go, you know, the top three cars. So, um, unfortunately it locked down. I did. It was a little strange that they reworked the track before the B features and then they didn't do anything before the main event. Yeah, I I don't know what to think about that. I mean, first of all, 100 lap features are just not my thing. I mean, more often than not, half the race is latched. Not every time. We've seen some instances where it's not. But that 100 laps doesn't necessarily mean more entertainment. It does not mean that. It, it for sure did not here. Um, yeah, track prep's a tough deal. They probably should have farmed it. It was rock hard to start the week. You know, so there yeah. wasn't a lot well, of moisture in the track. Yeah, I mean, Saturday night when I started watching, you know, I watched all the heat races. And, yeah, it was bone dry when, when the first heat rolled out. And, see, this is what I, I'm not sure when they changed this. Because at one point, and maybe maybe they've allowed hot laps for a while. But I know when I first started going to the World 100, um Saturday night, there mm -hmm. were no hot laps. The first heat was, uh, that was the first time drivers were on the track. And I can remember, you know, the first race or so, you didn't want to be in the first race or so because it was somewhat slimy yet. Um, right. But, uh, you know, over this past weekend, it was bone dry when they started racing on Saturday. Do you think they were nervous because what was it, last year or the year before where they had a race at Eldor and it was just a plowed field? That was last year. Yeah, do you think well and and the tr the track was rough in some spots. I mean, um over And it was it was hard and rough. So I mean, if yeah. they would have had more moisture in the track, it might have been a co real right. cowboy upfield. So maybe they were concerned that they couldn't keep it under control if they got adequate moisture in the racing surface. Yeah, I mean, uh over I mean, Overton had a weekend to forget. I mean, the last couple of years, everything has gone perfect for him at Eldora and nothing went right for him uh, over over the weekend. Uh, he was leading as heat race one of the preliminary nights and uh, uh, or no, he, he had a right front tire go down and right. he, he said that was one of the hardest hits that he's ever had in a race car. And then uh, the next night um, he had to start deep in the B and um, or maybe it was in the heat race. I don't know. But anyway, he was charging towards the front and then the cars spun in front of him and he had nowhere to go and he body slammed one of the other cars. And, uh, you know, he was deep in the provisional list. So he, his night was done. Yeah, that was on Saturday night in yeah. the heat race. So birthday made a big announcement a couple weeks back. No sticks. No stick signals allowed at Eldora. Everybody's like up in arms. Right? No stick signals allowed at Eldora. Unbelievable <laughs> how stupid this is, right? Because everybody, when that came out, they're like, oh man, they're going to get rid of them. No more blocking. 
they still allowed signals, just not using sticks, right? So you had to be on your hauler, and there was some, you had to be in select spots around the racetrack to where you could signal from. There was there was places you could and places you could not signal from. They, they made it very specific. specific. Um, Dan told me that he saw them actually policing that um, to make sure that that was the case. But, Bert, how stupid is it? I mean, if you're going to just, if you're going to get rid of signals, I get the argument. I'm all for signals. But if they're like, oh, man, we're going to get rid of signals altogether. What is the point of saying, okay, no sticks? You can signal with your arms and whatever. You just can't use sticks. Wow. Is that, that just don't make any sense. <laughs> and, I mean, if you, if you want to look at it this way, I mean, are they creating a safety issue by outlawing sticks but still allowing signaling? Because it's harder to see the signals if you're using gloves on hands where if you have the sticks, they're easier to see. So, you know, you're going to have drivers straining to try to see the signals now where if they have the sticks, you know, they wouldn't necessarily have to do that. Well, and then the other thing is, and McCready said this in his uh, post-race interview I believe after he won his preliminary feature, um, you know, he was looking at the big jumbotron scoreboard they have in one and two to see where hit where the where the cars were behind him. So you know, he wasn't using signals, but he was looking at you know the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's let's just let's focus on the main things that matter. The stick signal thing is so stupid. It just let them do their stick signals. Nobody cares. It doesn't affect nothing. Just, just get, I mean, just nonsense. Right now I have another trivia, this trivia, but you might've heard this, right? They had a trivia question. Jeff brought this to my attention and they said, Jimmy Mars, Dennis Serb Jr. T-Mac, RTJ, Jimmy Owens. One of those drivers has never won a race that paid a hundred thousand dollars or more. Well, Jimmy did because he won the dream in '96. Yep. <laughs> Jimmy Mars did. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. RTJ won a hundred thousand. Who are the other ones? So Jimmy Mars, we we established that he did. Yep. RTJ won the Dirt Track World yep. Championship. Yep. The three remaining drivers are Dennis Herb Jr., T-Mac, Jimmy Owens. I'm going to go Jimmy Owens. He won the dream twice. Oh, yeah. I should have. Yeah, I should have known that. Never mind. Oh, and Dennis Herb Jr. won the dream. He did. Yeah. T-Mac has never T-Mac. won $100,000 or more to win race. Now, kind of, he's a points guy, right? So, I mean, he's kind of that, um, he's always there. I But I never would have guessed that T-Mac never won a six-figure race. I, I found that interesting. So, th- thanks, Jeff, for that for that input right there. So, overall, uh, pretty decent. I mean, pretty decent spectacle. Not the best race, but uh, Superman back on top. High limit sprint cars, Burt. Kyle Larson show. It just is what it is, right? <laughs> Mike, Kent, Dan, Jeff, Burt all had sweet two points. This dumbass apparently it doesn't like to get points, so I did not pick Kyle Larson. Um, he has a 49-point lead over Anthony Macri and Rico Abreu. 
six races left the next show, July 25th at Grandview. World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, Bird, they had a pair of races at Knoxville. Night number one, Brian Brown in the 21. Mike, Kent, and Dan had Brad Sweet. He got third, they each got a point. Um, notable in this one, Donnie Schatz, ninth, David Gravel, 10th. Top five, Brian Brown, Abreu, Sweet. Um, they were the top three, 88M. Who's 88M again? For whatever reason, I don't have that down. And Carson Macedo got fifth. Night number two, David Gravel got it done. Mike Kent and Carl had Gravel, two points for them. Um, Gravel, Brian Brown was the top two, 24W. I got nothing. I don't um, know my sprint car numbers. Eliason, <laughs> Eliason got fourth, and, and uh, J-Mac got fifth. The fact that I don't know this is just absolutely stupid. But um, Brad Sweet, 16th to 6th. Shots, 20th to 12th. Um, neither, I mean, shots, no top fives. I, I was kind of surprised by that. Macedo scored 24th after that violent roll that ended in, ended in fire. That was scary. The points in this one, Bert, um, Brad Sweet is 14 points up on Gravel, 30 points up on Macedo. So Macedo likely would have been the point leader or second for sure if he wouldn't have rolled. Um, well, next up, double. It, this was the second week in a row. Second week in a row where the the point lead changed. Right, and it's <laughs> tight. Top three is top three is within 30. Fourth is 162 back. That's Shuhart. Fifth is 202 back and that is donnie shots now next up they go to your neck of the woods this week bert yes beaver dam pair of races at beaver dam are, are you going i'm thinking about going friday night okay okay and then uh of course the following week bert two hundred fifty thousand to win at husets for the high husets high bank nationals so one weekend here at Beaver Dam, and then they got a big week in South Dakota. Um, then we then we had the structural buildings with Soda Late Model Challenge Series, KRA Speedway in Wilmer. Myself, Dan, Carl, Bert, we all had Pat Door night one. He got it done for win number three hundred. Night number two at Fiesta City, Pat Door again. Mike, Kent, Brad, Dan, Carl, Bert. All had door. I did not because I'm a dumbass. Moss had taken the lead. Kind of hoping he would have won that. It would only cost me a point. Radetzky, <laughs> after getting DQ'd the night before, um, he got fifth, got DQ'd for not going to Tech, had hauler issues. So he had to go, he had to get hauled back to the cities and literally didn't get to work on his car all day. Made it back there and nice rebound. Jake Radetzky uh, getting a second place finish on night number two. Um, night number three at Madison, the TPO, Tyler Peterson, um, Mike, Dan, Ryan, Carl, and Bert all had door. We got one point because Pat door got third, Bert. He's leading the race after three straight falls back gets third rookie. Josh simple drove by him to get second. He's been pretty darn sporty, Bert pair of second place finishes in challenge series races for Josh simple. I'm very impressed with him. And uh, you don't see Pat Doerr let it slip away too often, right? You don't let you don't see that very often. And then Casino Speedway, Tyler Peterson got it done. I know Curtis. I don't have the. I don't think somebody else did too. Curtis for sure. This one kept him from going uh, pointless on the week. 
he had Becker, Becker got third. So anybody that had Becker got third. So Bert, um, this week we're going to pick both races at Beaver Dam. We're going to pick tonight's race. It's Monday. We're doing the show. It's going on right now. Probably already done. I have no idea who won. Hundred grand to win at Kokomo. Do not tell me if you know because I'm going to jump on the XR maybe and watch it. Um, and then the Masters, we got three USMTS races, three late model races, and the Lucas Oil late models at Smoky Mountain. So any any kind of thoughts on those races coming up, Bert, before, I mean, we got our bold predictions and stuff. Anything, any of those races stick out to you? Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, the Masters are always uh, – uh, a good racing weekend now that they have the USMTS and then the local late models, you know, big money for the local, local late models. That's always a pretty good show between those two divisions. And, uh, uh, you know, the world of outlaw sprint cars at Beaver dam, that's one of Beaver dam's biggest race. Well, it is their biggest race of the year. Right. It, it's a sprint car crowd down there. So, uh, you know, that place is, uh, usually close to packed, if not, you know, up to capacity with their for crowd. sure. World of Outlaws pack them in. Oh, sprint cars pack them in, right? So our standings: Curtis at seventy-four, Mike at seventy-one A, Bert at sixty-eight, Jeff at sixty-two, Dan at sixty, Brad and uh, Ryan here at fifty-nine, Kent at fifty-six, <laughs> and Carl at fifty-three. Bert, there was a time where we thought. Carl wasn't going to be within uh, like sight of us. He's only six points back from me. I'm a little uncomfortable with that, to be honest. <laughs> so let's jump into the last lap brought to you by Dirt Track Supply, right? For all things racing, Dirt Track Supply, they have it all. Whether you need the aero chassis, you need tires, safety equipment, any parts, advice, um, fab work, you name it. Ron and Trevor over at Dirt Track Supply, that's your go-to for all things racing in Watertown, South Dakota. I want to start by giving just one more shout out here to Pat Door, um, eclipsing 300 wins in a late model. I don't know how many he has in a super, in a mod, a bunch, right? But 300 late model wins, that's a hell of a career he's had in the 11. Tip of the cap to Pat Door. You talked about the Masters, Bert. What are you excited about most from the Masters this, this coming weekend? Um, well, I, you know me, I'm the late model guy. So, uh, even though it's, you know, the local late models, um, you know, they usually get the best of the best from that area to show up at, uh, at that race. I'm, I don't know if Nick Avalink is going to be going there this weekend or not, but, uh, I always look forward to the, to the late model portion of the show, but I also enjoy the USMTS mods. <laughs> I got a couple things I'm looking forward to, right? So I'm happy to hear Cole Searing making the trip over from South Dakota to race the Masters. That's super cool. We don't get a lot of South Dakota guys or North Dakota over at the Masters. So having him come over to race against the best is great. He got second last year to the Iceman Jimmy Mars in the 10 grand to win race. Guess what? I don't know that Jimmy Mars is going to be there unless he's a surprise entrant, right? So one spot better with that guy gone could be a nice payday for Cole Searing. J James Giassi Bird has barely raced at all, right? I think he's got three shows in. He did win the opener at Cedar. 
just a couple short years ago, it was kind of like the GG Express over there. Giassi and Glenn's were absolutely the show. Giassi's still relatively fast, just doesn't really race. Glenn's has been a non-factor really for a couple years now. Wow. Can he rebound and make some noise at the Masters? Ever since he switched chassis, uh, Glenn's really hasn't been a factor. Yeah, and, and his old Rick Neamey's got one, and he's not quite having the year so far that he's had, but is they just look different around the racetrack. I mean, I, I don't know what the story is, but, man, I would love to. I think it'd be good for racing to have both Giassi and Glenn's oh, yeah. at a high level. Another guy to keep an eye on here this weekend, Bert, Nick Panitsky. Um, he put on a show dueling with Pat Dora night one last year, got her done, heard a motor, had to miss the rest of the week. Uh, but Panitsky, a guy that's pretty fun to watch. Modifieds, AJ Nemo, I'm telling you, you don't race much, but that guy on lows, I mean, late models too. I mean, he's going to be a threat in both of them. It's going to be good. Uh, definitely going to want to catch the Masters. That's on, of course. You know what? I, I'm not 100% sure what that one's on. I better, I better, I better zip it on that one because uh, there's one that's contracted there and the other one's not. So um, jump onto the website or onto Facebook and, and uh, find out. But if you can't be there, you ain't going to want to miss it because it's always a great event. You have a great event that's kind of an annual deal over in eastern Wisconsin, Bert. What's going on there this week? Well, it's uh, Clash at the Creek uh, week at uh, 141 Speedway, 10,000 away in IMC Modified Show. Uh, they have, they, I don't even know what year they're, they're they got to be up to like the 11th or 12th already. I mean, it, that's been, that's been going on quite a while. Um, now it's always been a Wednesday, Thursday show, but this year it's a Tuesday, Wednesday show. And, um, so, uh, heat races, qualifying heat races will be on Tuesday night and the feature will be on uh wednesday night and that i believe is on flow racing so you can you can tune in on flow and, and watch uh the clash at the creek at 141 speedway yeah that'll be good for sure it's also hell tour week we're not picking any hell tour races because you just don't know who's going to show up right but that starts wednesday and uh five nights of racing this week you got peoria kankakee tri-city falls on saturday and sycamore on sunday and as of right now i'm 100 percent planning on being at uh, sycamore because it's 1200 to win for the street stocks as well so the it looks like the late models are the support class for the street stocks over in sycamore on sunday which is pretty cool i think that's how that works they gotta be this, street stocks are just better it just is what it is <laughs> so Little recap on our predictions here. Of course, a little shout out our friend uh, Mason Aaron, Mason Aaron's videos. Um, thank you to him for doing all of our editing. Um, does a lot of great content, a lot of B roll. I mean, just a huge advocate of dirt track racing. And I uh, just want to thank him for all he does. But uh, our bold predictions, Bert, we had a couple come off the board this week. You had a good week, and I got absolutely shellacked. Um, you said Brandon Overton was not going to make it five in a row and you were correct he didn't even make the feature so there's that Bert I had three uh in the red column here I said RTJ was going to be the highest finishing Lucas driver I'm going to stand by it that if it freaking didn't rubber up I think he was going to be I think he got the raw end of the deal on that deal 
because I think that old JD was going to slip and I think he was going <laughs> to go by him. But if the queen had balls, she'd be the king, right? I said Jordan Tollickson was going to be really good on his home turf, get a couple podiums out there, and he was on the struggle bus in the challenge series. He did not – he didn't even sniff around the top three. So that – it just – way off. I said Terrence Basek was uh, – other than the first two nights, Bert, he had DNF, DNF, and then he rattled off six straight wins, okay? I'm like, he's going to win two of them. Right, he's gonna win too. Had a shot to win Menominee. Um, he got zero wins. I must have jinxed him. I don't know. So three wrong for me. So um I got 22 correct, 40 incorrect, 35.5 um win percentage here. You have 27 correct, 38 incorrect for a 41.5. You're six points ahead of me. Got a little work to do. I thought I was gaining a little ground last week. I did not. So this week's three. So what do we do here? We pick three. We make three predictions. Got to be able to, you know, it's got to be able to decipher it either did or did not happen. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep track of that. You're kind of whooping my butt right now. Kind of making a little bit of a comeback, but not fast enough. So Bert, what's your first one? Uh, My first one, it's going to take a while to find out if it, comes true or not but i am going to say that west virginia motor speedway will not be on the lucas schedule in 2024 that one's gonna be out so jeff's gonna put that in the notes section there we'll have to revisit that one in the off season and when i mean schedule comes out. i don't know if you heard but uh, they will not be rescheduling the rained out portion right. uh the fifty thousand to win feature uh, and they said it was due to the well, they said because uh, drivers weren't after input from drivers, and then also we couldn't find a date. But I think it was more right. input from drivers. <laughs> Correct. I think what happened, Bert, if you were starting in the front six rows, you were probably going to go back for fifty grand to win. The people that were starting in back were probably like, we ain't even going to bother going. Right? We're just not going to waste our time. Off the record, off the off the picks deal here. Do you think there's a chance that they? shorten that track back up again to revive racing down in West Virginia. I think they're going to have to shorten it up if they want any national tours to go there. Yeah, I would agree. So my first one is going to be to the Masters. A.J. Neal and Pat Doerr will each win at least one A-Main this weekend at the Masters. Okay. Um, I am going to go with uh, Shano Speedway. Uh, they have it's a four thousand a win. I'm say stock car feature uh, this weekend, and I will say a driver that is not in the top ten in points at Shano Speedway will win the four thousand dollar feature. Wow. Okay. So Nick's not in the top 10? No, stock car feature. Oh, stock car feature. Oh, you think some out-of-towners are going to come in and steal the money? Yeah. Okay. All because, right. Well, because the clash at the creek is this week, so that means 141 doesn't race on Saturday. So right. 
So there should be more out of town drivers there. That that'll be a good show. IMCA stock cars are super fun to watch. Almost as cool as Wasota Street Stocks. Almost. And actually, uh, and they don't do this very often at Channel Speedway. Uh, they actually tilled up the track already early. This really? Week. They oh, yeah okay. they 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 tilled it up. And so now they're letting it sit because it's supposed to rain tonight. And so they're going to let the water, hopefully let the water soak in some and then prepare the track. And it's early in the week. So it's a good time yeah. to do it. Yeah. All right. All right. So my prediction is going to go modified racing here. In fact, it's the moonshine modified tour. So for several years, they had the advantage RV modified tour. Um, that is no longer a thing. Ruben decided that he's not going to move forward with that. So Benji from um, and, a, and a group of, there's a group of people helping with that. I don't know all the names, but I know Benji's kind of the main guy, I believe. They put together the Moonshine Modified Tour. This weekend, Bert, they race at the Cheyenne Speedway in Lisbon on Thursday, Brown County Speedway in Aberdeen on Friday, the Miller Central Speedway in Miller, South Dakota Saturday, and the Casino Speedway in Watertown on Sunday. Joe Thomas has been pretty good this year, Bert. He's been pretty good. He's three for three at, at Casino, by the way. He's going to win at least one and podium in a minimum of two. So a combination. He's not going to just get a win, but he'll have an additional podium on these four tour races this weekend. Okay. Um, my third one, um, Saturday night at Channel Speedway is also racing for a reason night. Um for those of you unfamiliar with that, um, it's a night where people donate tons of prize baskets and all sorts of stuff. And then the raffle tickets are sold and all the money raised goes towards uh, fighting children's cancer. Um, this is they've been doing that for more than 10 years. Also, um, I always make a special die cast for for uh that night so i i'm making a special die cast again i haven't announced what it, i mean i know what i'm making but i haven't announced it yet but i am predicting, so what is it <laughs> i am predicting that um they will raise more than and i'm gonna go big because I, I don't know if they've ever raised it maybe they've raised this much fifteen thousand dollars this weekend i hope you're right i hope you're right so more than 15,000 raised, that would be great. So if they get down to like, say, 13,500, you're just going to throw in 1,500 <laughs> bucks to get the point? Or... No. No? All right. No. No, I just check it. I figured, I figured you might have had a little something in your back pocket. I know a guy that's going to like get me over 15. All right. If, if, if we would have won the 50-50 at Eldora, I could have done that. Well, Dan let us down, right? Dan bought the tickets for us and – uh Sounds like he had an opportunity to maybe take one for the team, Bert, and kind of get a little <laughs> frisky with the ticket person, and he denied that. Probably cost us. They probably said, screw this guy then, whatever. Thanks a lot, Dan. <laughs> Way to go. Um, my last one is this. Four different winners in week one of the Fastlane Superstock Tour. You had Sabraski, Radetsky, Dexton Cook, and Dennis Zek. There's four more this weekend, Bert. Grand Rapids Speedway on Thursday night. Gondekla Speedway in Superior, Wisconsin on Friday. ABC Raceway in Ashland, Wisconsin on Saturday. And the Halberline Speedway in Proctor on Sunday. 
there will be a driver that wins at least two of the four in the super stock division this weekend on the tour. So four separate winners in week one, and somebody's going to win at least two, if not more, right? Maybe sweep the week, but I'm not going to go on the record saying that at least two <laughs> in, in, uh, in the second swing here of the, of the tour. So, a lot of racing coming up here. There's racing all week long. Racing tonight. In fact, uh, you got you on your computer or your phone. I'm on my phone. I'm on my phone, but you must not have told the guys uh, showtime because I'm getting texts like crazy. Are you really? I haven't got yeah. on. I, I got mine. Do not disturb. So, so okay. I, I I think I know who won, but I'm not positive. All right, who who is? I think Huddy won. Okay, I wouldn't surprise. He's been kind of a little on but, a dry spell as of late but they said it was a good race at the top five were all battling back and forth so okay so we're gonna have to, that's on xr of course yes. so we're gonna want to check that out as well so um bert always fun talking racing of course we're gonna be doing our uh, uh we did not do a blast of the past last week uh we just i looked at it bert and i'm like you know there's not a lot of 81s right so let's just put 80 and 81 together we got our uh, power rankings coming out later this week um, be sure to tune into that stuff and share and like and do all those things. And here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And again, uh, thanks to all of our sponsors. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, I'm Ryan. That is Bert. We'll catch you next week on the One to Go Show. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.